fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we live, it's the way that we live. And I Hi, I'm Reese. And I'm Carly. And this is To Ellen Back, Back. <laughs> a podcast that you're About listening the L to. Word. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking on it. You're listening to it. This is the agreement we've all made with ourselves coming into this years mm-hmm. ago now. Um, yeah. We've really all been through a lot together and we're about to all go through so much more yeah. as we plow through season six. <laughs> uh, once again, to remind you, the worst season of television ever made ever produced yeah ever produced um (laughs) (laughs) um we have a very 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 special guest today that we're super excited about we are so excited would you like to um introduce yourself and tell tell everyone about yourself Yes. Hi, I'm the guest. (laughs) I'm Thomas Beatty. I am uh, known, I guess, in the media as the guy that gave birth a few times. (laughs) And uh, gosh, that was that was back in 2008. So um, yeah, I've I've since had four children. Uh, I have four kids right now. I gave birth to the first three. And then my my wife, my my new wife, my second wife, gave birth to our last and he's uh, now two years old. So that's me. I'm, I'm living in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, so, so honored to be a part of your podcast today. Well, we are so honored to have you on our podcast today. Yes, we are. Thank you. So what is your, do you have a history with the L word? Yeah. I mean, I definitely love the L word. When, when did you first start? What year was that? 2004. 2004. Okay. So I technically wasn't a lesbian at the time when I started <laughs> watching, but I, I was really into it. Um, I watched, I think, just about every every season. And then obviously yeah. I had to catch up for today's discussion. But yeah, it's been a while, but I did like the show. I like it. Who are your favorite characters? I think I like Bet. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I like Alice too. I think I have a new yeah. respect for Alice. I feel like that's like consensus generally is. I think most of our guests on the show have liked Bet and Alice. Really? Yeah. I feel like if we go back and like actually run some numbers on every guest, I think that they would probably be in the lead. Yeah, I, like I agree. I think Bet would Bet's probably the number one I think so. response yeah. that we get yeah. is Bet. Yeah. Because you don't bet against Jennifer Beals. You don't. <laughs> yeah. No, she's very bet. attractive. She's smart. Um, she's relatable. Mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah. And she's a boss. Yeah. Yeah. And even when she's behaving really terribly, we s- just still love her. <laughs> exactly. We forgive her. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Do you remember watching this season of The L Word when I, it came out? Yeah, I do. I feel like it's been a, a really long time. Ironically, um, I I was in the midst of giving birth and like having the baby <laughs> when these episodes came out. And I was like, yeah, I, I wanted to watch it, but I never got around to it. But I remember hearing that there was a trans character named Max and that he gave birth and that possibly yeah. he was inspired by by my actions. Oh, a hundred percent. He was inspired like by a you. A thousand percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah. <laughs> was that weird to hear that there was a storyline on the L word inspired by you? You know, it is a trip because I <laughs> I watched the show and, and this happened too. another one of the shows that I, I like to watch Supernatural. They 
they uh yeah they mentioned me um actually i think it was oh Smallville. really yeah they they talked about nice. me they didn't say me by name but you know I knew that they were referencing me and it's a trip to be watching one of your favorite shows and then you get kind of tied into the plot. <laughs> yeah. Wild. yeah. But I knew it was inevitable. I mean, it was such a sensational story at the time. You know, obviously right. TV had to include it in some way, shape or form and they, they still are <laughs> to this day. Yeah. <laughs> Did you expect to become like a national news, international news story when you first wrote about your pregnancy? Oh, hell no. <laughs> I, I was very tunnel vision. All I wanted to do was have a kid. That's it. I had no idea right. that, you know, it would just um, spur all kinds of conversations. Even to this day, it, it's uh, quite a trip. Yeah. But I'm glad. I'm glad it did because it really opened up conversation for a lot of other guys like me. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Today's episode is season six, episode four, entitled Leaving Los Angeles which is sort of a weird title because only one storyline even exits Los Angeles and they're coming back. So I don't, right. this is an interesting title. Uh, it was written by Eileen Chaikin and directed by Rose Trochet and originally aired February 8th, 2009. Wow. Mm -hmm. A lifetime ago. Yeah, so long ago. Um, as a pre-episode note, I'd just like to say that I hated every minute of this episode. Yes. Every minute of it. I hate it. <laughs> and I was like, this is it. This is when season six really starts. This is where it turned like it starts like <laughs> falling off a building and splattering all over like the Looney Tunesing off a cliff. Yeah. 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 So tell us about your feelings, because I'm feeling a lot of like, like animosity and uh, darkness. What, what? Why do you yeah. hate it so much? I feel like this episode was. I feel like they had a budget of like $35 because almost all of it, they're just sitting in the planet. And, and in, in the dark. <laughs> in the dark. I guess I dislike everyone's storyline. Did you like the episode? I was a little nervous to watch it, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> For sure. I was wondering yeah. how much disservice are they going to do to this topic? Um, but I have yeah. to agree. I, I felt like um, there was a lot of darkness, like the lighting. You're right, because like <laughs> yeah. even to the point of Max's character, he was always in the dark and he always had circles under his eyes. So I was like wondering, mm -hmm. yeah. what's going on? What is going on? Yeah, They are terrible to his character all the time <laughs> in any way they can be. All right, let's dive in. We open in the planet where Alice and Tasha are eating food with Max and Tom and everyone is grossed out about Shane and Jenny, except me. Except, except you, because <laughs> you are the number one Shenny stan. Thomas, how do you feel about the Jenny and Shane pairing? Do you have any thoughts about that? I think in some way it's, it's cute, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yes. I, I see the animal magnetism of Shane. I get it. Yeah. Um, but I've grown to dislike Jenny. Um, right. Her character right now is pretty despicable. Yeah, in really my opinion. bad. Yeah. Uh, in fact, in this scene, she starts off just <laughs> terribly. Right out of the gate. Right. Yeah. This is part of what I hate about it because suddenly, so in this scene, basically, Jenny. Even though I think by the end of last season, everyone was like, 
using correct pronouns with Max and everything. And now all of a sudden Jenny's like, just like viciously misgendering him and like this and then like acting like what? Like, what are you guys talking about when everyone's like, what the fuck? It right. felt like such a weird character thing. Like she like I feel like, you know, you've mentioned this before, Reese, but like in this season, they really try to like change her even more and like twist her even more to make her so unlikable to like, I guess, somehow justify the death. But like this is weird. It just felt really out of character for where she's come at this point in the story. Yeah. Yeah. So Jenny calls Max a mother and uses she pronouns and says Max looks so womanly and Shane is like, please stop. And then of course Max is upset and leaves. Which will which leads to Max saying, I hate her. I hate these fucking hormones. I hate these hormones. I hate these tits and I hate these fucking hips and I hate Jenny Schechter. Which, as as we have mentioned, every cold open in season six is somebody vowing to kill Jenny or saying they hate Jenny. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I like when he goes in the bathroom and Tom walks in and he goes, are you crying? And he's like <laughs> clearly sobbing. <laughs> I was like, Tom, he's, uh, he's yes, he's crying. I don't think you need to ask. <laughs> like, yeah. Tom seemed upset, like bad that he was crying, though, which yeah. was also weird. I liked when. Tom was standing up for him at the table with the group because Max is always left on his own in these group scenes and it always is terrible. (laughs) Well, I think there was a foreshadowing there with Tom in the the bathroom because what I noticed was Mm. Max is in the dark again, right? Uh And uh, Tom comes up and um, I guess he's trying to um, console Max, but if you Mm -hmm. notice the end scene when they reflect into the mirror, he's gone and Max is standing there alone. And I felt like that was a foreshadowing for the rest of the episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Like they're breaking apart in some way there. There's like a distance. Yeah. Yeah. But the whole Jenny thing, I mean, um, I actually get it. Uh, it's weird. She, she's saying that Max is beautiful and look at your breasts and your hips. Yeah. And I actually don't think that she was trying to be mean um, or manipulative. I think that it's just what people do. I mean, I'm living through experience. Like even, <laughs> even people that I knew really well, my friends, um, neighbors, uh, uh, my own family, they did the same exact right. thing to me. I mean, it had been over 10 years that I'd been living my life yeah. as male. And then suddenly I'm female. And my my own father did that to me when I broke the news to him that I was pregnant. He's like, oh, mommy. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not mommy. And then so he's just right. like yeah. uncomfortably silent. And then or he changes the topic or he makes a grunt or something like that. It's just it's part yeah. of the experience where it overrides everything that you know about the person. You're totally just, you know, going off of visual cues. And the fact that someone's pregnant, that is like, right. quote unquote, the ultimate in being female. A woman. Right. Femininity. Yeah. So even Jenny, even though she's misgendering Max, I mean, um, I actually think that's a, a really um, realistic. realistic view from the writers mm-hmm. because they really hit it on the, the head on that that part as far as I'm concerned right yeah it's like the way that we view pregnancy like as a society like culturally there's this like you know like the way people behave around 
pregnant women in public is, all, mm-hmm. you know, like people just feel so entitled to their bodies, you know, like they want to just like touch a belly or like <laughs> ask all these really probing questions. It's like a complete stranger. And like there's something I feel like this is like a like symptomatic of that, I think, yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. But it's ironic, too, that it's coming from Jenny, like even Alice says she at the table. There. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's coming from like a lesbian community. Uh, and that's exactly what it was in real life for me, too. You'd think that a community wow. um, like this is no stranger to discrimination and judgment. So, I mean, right. it's just it's so powerful. It was a powerful statement, I think. Yeah. It's also mm-hmm. so what they did with Max that's interesting was that he got pregnant. He didn't go off testosterone or anything. He didn't get pregnant on purpose. It happened on it like somehow just happened anyway. And so it's this like unwilling pregnancy so that they have this like dynamic where he's really upset about it also, which in my understanding is not really possible, is it? How long was he on testosterone? Does the show even say? It was three years. Three years? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I think that's a little unrealistic uh, because I've heard of a lot of trans guys getting pregnant. Um, Yeah. But it's usually in the beginning part when maybe it's like the first few months they just started uh, testosterone therapy. So it's possible. But I think three years is really stretching it. Right. Yeah. It seems more like he would have had to deliberately go off of testosterone for a while for that to happen. Exactly. And you don't get a beard like that (laughs) (laughs) if you're not on it for a really long period of time, because I didn't even have a beard like that. And by the way, that looked like a Halloween costume. I'm sorry. Um, Max needed to be a little bit more It did. It's terrible. That beard looks really bad. It's It's not a believable beard No, it's not. And that was part of the struggle for me. It's like, come on now. Yeah. Yeah, the beard's very over the top. Right. I mean, I think it's part of what this show, because the writers obviously had were very transphobic towards Max. Like they created him and then just kind of like threw all this shit at him for so long that like they, I think they wanted that visual of like the idea of like him having like a full beard and being pregnant. Like they just wanted him to be as uncomfortable as possible, it seemed like to me. You think the writers are transphobic? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know enough about them, um, but you know, I saw a lot of. Um, I don't know. They they really wanted to focus in on his body dysmorphia, like yeah, and, right. And the showing of like his his chest, his um, I guess he he's pre uh, surgery on the top, mm-hmm. um, and then making sure that we see his body as curvy and, you know, cellulite and all this kind of stuff and his really high voice, I, I felt like it, yeah, I, I can see where it might be coming from a transphobic uh, writing point. Yeah. I will say, I think that the writers didn't make an effort to not be transphobic, I feel like. Because I think if you were to talk to the writers of that writer's room now, they maybe would not be necessarily transphobic people and they maybe would have a lot of regrets about how Max's character and storyline were handled. But at the time... They seemed to make no effort. It just felt like the show was from this very cis lesbian gaze that was Mm -hmm. like othering to Max. And Mm -hmm. they were like kind of unrelenting in that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I don't I don't think that Max's character is developed at all. Um, It's (laughs) not at all. It's really hard to identify and invest in and get to know and root for Max 
You know, like if they'd yeah. taken Shane's character, for example, and had Shane right. transition, got Shane pregnant, well, everybody would yeah. would be open minded. You know, they want to yeah. they want to see really Shane succeed. Um, I think yeah. it would have been way mm-hmm. more compelling. But the way they presented Max, you wanted to hate Max. You know, like yeah. none of this happened out of love. It was an accident. And mm-hmm. Max didn't right. want to go through with the pregnancy. And it's like, for me, that's not relatable. Yeah. I mean, even though he may right. have been inspired by my story, um, I can't yeah. relate at all because I wanted to get pregnant. Because it wasn't your story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was fine with my body. I knew that my body yeah. had to do what it needed to do to be a father. Max hated his right. body. Um, and there was mm-hmm. no real love story. You know, it's just. Yeah, yeah that's true. Just. Ugh. I felt icky. Yeah. I felt icky watching it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they also they had it so um he had gone in for his final consult for his top surgery and that's when they told him, "Oh, you can't have it cuz you're pregnant." Yeah, so he was like so close to getting that to like taking that step and then they like pulled it away from him and gave him this instead. <laughs> like story-wise, that's just brutal. Mhm. All right. So, opening credits Opening credits. Do you have any feelings about the theme song? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Isn't there, there's a a word in it that was like, like, sing it to me. Love and da 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 da. Fucking fucking. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I was trying to do my research for this show and, you know, watching it. And I have kids coming and going. And when they said the uh, word, I was like, God, I need to watch this in private. Um, Yeah, I guess it's a little in your face. I'm not a fan. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's intense. Yeah. yeah, I hate that. Okay, so we go back to the planet, and uh-huh. again, thirty-five dollars for this episode. I swear, this is lit like they're at brunch, right? But then, then suddenly it's night. It's nighttime. Yeah, <laughs> like it's. I guess like this is absolutely lit like a morning scene, and then yeah. From here, it just like they're like, yeah, we're here for like dinner, and then it's just like it gets darker and darker immediately. So I guess this is supposed to be like late afternoon right now. It's very confused. Not that that's not the lighting. Oh, I thought yeah. it was breakfast. Yeah, I thought it so totally too. looks like breakfast. <laughs> but then then like two scenes later, it's they're still there and it's dinner. It was very confusing to me. It's also I feel like this isn't the only episode of the season where they spend almost the entire time at the planet, you know. But when Kit comes to the table later in the scene, she's like, what is going on in here tonight? In this scene that is lit like in this scene? morning. Yes, she says it. Yeah, because that's, cause that's I, yeah. when she said that, I was like, because I had written like everyone's at brunch in my notes. And then I was like, wait a minute. That's, this isn't night. Right. I did, I wrote that too. I was like, everyone's at, at brunch. Maybe it was time lapse. Maybe it was just so boring that they were really working <laughs> yeah. the entire day. They were there yeah. all day. Yeah. They ordered three meals. They had breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the planet today. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. So Bet and Tina are now sitting at the table, like in Max and Tom's seats, which was like, they don't explain what's going on. They're both meeting people there. They're just Mm -hmm. early. So they're hanging out with the group. But it was really funny as if like they just got replaced. Yeah. So Bet and Tina are planning to go to Nevada to meet the birth mother of the child they want to adopt. Um, Tina is dressed like she's going to like a late night cocktail hour and bet is wearing there's like wildlife on her shirt there's like a whole a lot is happening in her shirt and bet's there to meet up with kelly who we met last episode played by jesse spano 
Yeah. Um, and oh yeah. And also Alice is being really condescending towards Tasha. Like Tasha's like trying yeah. to participate in conversation. Alice like, you're doing so good. Good job. She's like, she's gossiping and participating <laughs> with the group. And is like, I was like, shut up, Alice. Like, that's not a good way to like, if, if you're like, if somebody is like insecure about something or like has a certain way they approach things, especially in a group setting, calling it yeah. out in front of the group is only going to make them want to do it less. So great job, Alice. Great. Glad to see their couples therapy is going really well. Right. Um, Jenny has an epiphany that William stole the negative to the film. Right. Because she overheard him once talking about how he wanted to burn down one of his buildings for the insurance money. Okay. <laughs> Oh, and Dylan. So Dylan made a meeting with Tina. A secret meeting. Her agent made a meeting. A secret meeting with Tina. I cannot believe Tina or Tina's office agreed to a meeting with a filmmaker and the agent just said a filmmaker. Like she didn't yeah. know who it was. This would never happen. This would absolutely never happen. Especially like an in-person in right. a cafe meeting. Like that's so silly. And then also um, Kit tells Tina that Beth almost killed herself because of Kelly. And Tina didn't know that. So now everyone's on high alert that Bet could possibly be heading on a train towards Cheatsville. Cheat Cheat Cheatsville. Cheat Cheat Cheatsville, <laughs> USA, as they call it. All aboard! Where all the women go to cheat. Did you all see Alice looking at um Kelly? It was was that like an insinuation <laughs> that she's she thought she was hot? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alice had a lot of really good facial expressions in this big like mm-hmm. group scene, like the one before and this one, like she just had a lot of good like eye rolls and glances. And I appreciated Lucia Haley's face acting in this, in the scene. I thought it was very good. I agree. She gave great face. Great face. Yeah. Then we go back in time to, I guess, mid afternoon right? Like time does not exist. We're going to have to let go of time. Probably. <laughs> We're gonna have to let it go. We, we can't try to track what time it is and what's going on. Um, we have to let our hangups with logical linear time go because there isn't any. Right. There's no time. There's we no go time. To, we're going to the Sherman Oaks Inn, which is the normal location for a prenatal class, the conference room <laughs> of, a, of a hotel in Sherman in Sherman Oaks. Oaks. <laughs> And I guess, I don't know what this is, actually. <laughs> they're, they're lying down and practicing giving birth. Lamaze class, right? Is that a normal? I've seen them on TV shows and movies. That's <laughs> all I know about Lamaze class. Yeah, it's totally a Lamaze class. And, you know, the instructor does misgender Max initially, but then kind of corrects herself, kind of. There's this weird moment in the lobby where Tom yells at Max like Max takes his binder off in the middle of the oh, lobby. Right, yeah, because he's And then hot. Tom is like, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I thought that was odd too. It wasn't a lot of support yeah. from Tom. So Tom is also yeah. starting to see Max as more female because like, why would you do that? You should be doing that right. in the bathroom, taking your binder off. Yeah. yeah. And also this is like, this is the most we see of their relationship. Already like in this episode, we've seen more of their relationship than we have in any other episode. Any other episode. Yeah. Well, I think that once again, the writers weren't being realistic because 
everyone in that room would have been giving dirty looks or like doing something because <laughs> they made it right. way too normal. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I was really yeah. surprised they didn't make this scene into some big thing, you know, like some yeah. huge, yeah. awful thing, especially with the doctor's office scene from was that last episode, Reese? Or no, the episode like before? Three episodes ago. Yeah. I can't keep track. But like when he like freaks out and screams at everyone in the doctor's office waiting room i thought this scene was going to be more like that i was like watching it like a little like this because like, oh god like something horrible is about to happen and then there was that mini yeah. reference to me um saying yeah that's right take a good look i'm a man and i'm pregnant it happens don't you read the fucking tabloids <laughs> yes, yes exactly <laughs> yep. yeah 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 don't you yep. read the tabloids because that's where they got the story from guys come on <laughs> but it's kind of ironic uh, the uh the instructor of the lamas uh she did misgender max and then she said and spread her legs apart sorry um spread the legs wide yeah wider like she couldn't <laughs> right, say yeah. his legs and his ironically legs. that's what my first wife used to do to me because i was i was oh, with really? her during oh, wow. my transition and she would refer to my body parts as the. I thought that was really huh. weird, but it was like her way of of going through the transition right. with me. You know, she couldn't say yeah. his. Uh, she said the. Yeah. And that only lasted for a little bit of time. But yeah, people do do yeah. that. Interesting. That's interesting. I also appreciated that they had a, like a fake vagina thing, like of the little, which I've only ever seen before in the context of like as a sex toy. That they sell those, like they'll be like, "This uh -huh. is like a porn star's vagina," and then people buy them. You I guess, buy it. and like, yes. yeah. But I didn't know. But you know, this is another way to use it. This is probably what it's supposed to be for. My wife was like, "Is that for real? Like, what are they doing?" <laughs> um, did you see though that Tom was getting uncomfortable with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he definitely I think was. He started to get second mm -hmm. thoughts there. Yeah, 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 for sure. He seemed somewhat supportive in the very first scene, and it's like just plummeting. Yeah. from there do you think his discomfort has to do with not wanting to raise a child or do you think it kind of had more to do with um his identity like max you know we're looking mm. at vaginas and everything do you think he was like second guessing himself like you know if everyone around max is calling him she that maybe he's with a woman and he had to yeah till it out of there i think my gut tells me it's both because they went from just like being boyfriends to like suddenly having a baby in a few months, like mm -hmm. overnight, you know, because it was like this big surprise. Oh, you're like already in your second trimester thing. And I'm sure that's what Max is going through, too, except we don't get to see that. We only really see it like what Tom's experiencing. We see it less for Max mm -hmm. of like the internal struggle of like, are we ready to have a kid? This is all happening really fast. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's part of it. But then I think you're absolutely right that like the feminization of Max yeah. in this moment and in like a, as this kind of like evolution with the storyline, I think is like definitely getting to Tom on some level. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tom yeah. goes to a bar and is like hitting on a dude. Right. I feel like he's mm -hmm. needing more dudeness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he seems to be on the hunt for dudeness. <laughs> and like dude culture, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We go back to the planet. Surprise. Yes. Surprise, surprise. Back at the planet. Bet and Kelly are eating dinner because now it does look like evening. Yes. Yeah. We're letting perhaps. go of time. We're letting go of time. Right. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, you know what it is, Reese? What? Is this the butterfly effect? It's the butterfly effect. <laughs> 
So we talked last time about how the lighting in this season has been horrible. All these nighttime scenes and you cannot see anything that is happening. And this is where it starts in this episode. <laughs> um, it's really dark. We're kind of cutting back and forth from the Bet and Kelly meal to Tina talking to Dylan. Yeah. Dylan's agent secretly set up this meeting with a filmmaker, which again would never happen. And Dylan just wants to apologize to Tina and tell her that Helena is the love of my life. And I would give anything for another chance to be with her. <laughs> yeah. And Tina's just like chugging water out of a martini glass and <laughs> is very like lukewarm on this. And then on the other end, Kelly is like talking to Bet about art, but she's mostly just flirting with Bet about art. And then Bet's flirting right back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bet's, Bet's flirting back, but I think she can't help it, you know? Yeah. Um, and Bet basically pitches a job for herself to Kelly. I actually loved this moment when she asked like, oh, do you, are you ready to like be working for me? And she's like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be working for you. I like how Kelly like took like wanted to take her to dinner to like that thing where you're like, oh, I want to pick your brain about this like new art thing that I'm super into just yeah. because I am. She's like dabbling in this new thing <laughs> and she wants to pick Bet's brain. And Bet has been like cultivating her particular sense of like what is art and what looks good to her. Plus working in the field as an expert for yeah. like 20 some odd years. So this is like in a way deeply insulting to be like, just tell me like what kind of art to buy. <laughs> and so I love that Bet like called her out on that and like was like, oh, just because you're rich doesn't mean like you can have a gallery. And But like if you're serious, I'll be your partner. Yeah. And I I enjoyed that. I thought that was like a great way to handle it because I feel mm -hmm. like these things do happen a lot in the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, later on in the episode, Beth said that she didn't know that she was going to say that when she was talking to right. Tina. Mm -hmm. But the way it came yeah. out, um, it couldn't have been spontaneous because <laughs> it would appear that she would think deeply about this. So is she like right. thinking about Kelly? Yeah. But we have been given zero reasons for why anyone would like Kelly. Yeah. I mean, Nomi Malone. Jesse Spano. Jesse Spano. Yeah butterfly effect i don't know but, I'm, I'm grasping right. at straws here i feel like i feel like what the show could have done was given <laughs> us an incredible yale flashback episode yes. or flashback series of scenes and we could really understand why bet this was so like obsessed with this yeah. girl because she clearly was whomst among us has not gone after a straight girl with all of our power <laughs> in the past maybe mm -hmm. made some very stupid decisions but like the fact that Kit is talking about it, like it's still a thing that is happening, which I think mm -hmm. is interesting. Like we're not seeing a lot of this other than them just like gazing at each other over food in a dimly lit scene. Here's one thing that Jennifer Beals and Elizabeth Berkeley have in common. They what? both appeared in on the screen of a show, a film in, in Jennifer Beals' case, wearing the off-shoulder sweatshirt. That's true. That was like a pretty popular style at Bayside High too. So I'm, I'm still thinking about like what the Yale flashback could have been for us. It could have just been a I lot, know. like so much shoulder. There have been like so many exposed shoulders. Yeah. So um, everyone's very concerned about Dylan returning to everybody's life. And Helena's like, it's fine. Yes. I can take care of myself. Don't worry about it. Jenny says, what, what can, can we, we offer you in the way of protection? <laughs> like she's in the mob. Yeah. <laughs> That was and hilarious. We, and we find out that Dylan got a short into Outfest. Lauren needs to put this line in because the line is, She's been living in San Francisco. She moved back to L.A. because her dramatic short got accepted into Outfest. Now, 
<laughs> I love Outfest. Didn't your short get accepted into Outfest? It did. My feature and my short were really championed by Outfest. Like th- them getting behind Suicide Kale really opened up a lot of doors for us. I love Outfest. However, no one relocate because a film, especially a short film, gets accepted into a festival. That is so silly. The short film market is booming. Just say that she moved back here because she's still obsessed with you. Like, come on. That's yeah. This is so goofy. Speaking of people who are obsessed with other people, Tasha and Alice are suggesting (laughs) that they could set Helena up with Jamie, who they obviously are both wild about and so excited. They are both in love with Jamie. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's not just me. Alice is in her too. No. Tasha and Alice are both obsessed with Jamie. Every scene I'm thinking one's the threesome. Does that come up? Right, yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what we were all waiting for, I think. Yeah. It doesn't happen. But you know what we do get? We get Dylan's business card. I really feel like we need to talk about this. So what are your thoughts on Dylan? Do you guys, are you pro-Dylan? I'm anti-Dylan. I'm anti-Dylan too. I, I don't I don't think I like Dylan. I also am anti-Dylan. Yeah. Like how do you get past entrapment into sexual harassment that then turned into a lawsuit that made Helena's entire life fall apart? Like, I don't know. I feel like I would just always hold that grudge, you know? Yeah, that's really yeah. guns. Like you can't get over that. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, no. How no. do you, you can't just be like, but she, I love her. Come on, no. stop it. No. Also, she fucked with Tina and Tina's just kind of like, what are you doing? Like, right. She did way too many unforgivable things to just be kind of like waltzing back in here. Yeah. Right. But I do need to talk about her gay filmmaker business card. <laughs> they don't give us a close up of it, though. It definitely has some purpley pink vibes, very L word colors. Yeah. But apparently her production company is called Do Ass Do Tell Productions. Oh, please. Tasha rips the business card up, <laughs> which is exactly what you should do with a business card that says do ask, do tell productions. That is so funny. It's a real pivot for Dylan, you know? Well, she's out and proud now. Yeah, yeah exactly. She, she is asking and telling everything. She's asking and telling that she's still in love with Helena, that she moved back to L.A. for her short, you know, that she is going to wear those like really gauzy long sweaters for this mm-hmm. episode and for the remainder of the season. Yep. She is who she is. She hasn't yet married Jodie Foster, but she's out. She's in L.A. And she's asking and she's telling. She's asking and she's telling. Yeah. That's what she's doing. Yeah. When they're talking about setting up Helena with Jamie, Tasha and Alice are talking about how they've like gone bowling with her. Like, I love yeah. that they have this whole friendship off camera. It's just so <laughs> funny. It's just yeah. so funny the things they choose to show us and the things they choose to not show us. It's usually not letting us see anything that looks fun. They couldn't afford the bowling alley. Yeah, truly. It was an extra location with a lot of extras. So then we get a big B-roll sunrise, just in case anyone forgot what the sun looks like when it rises. That's what it looks like. <laughs> and then we go to Shenny's, where Jenny wants to do this cool thing that she read about called clutter cleaning, um, otherwise known as um, just as cleaning. Cleaning, throwing out old clothes. I don't yeah, know, just like donating clothes, stuff. I think. Yeah. This seems like stuff that doesn't, this doesn't really need a title. This seems like a normal yeah. thing people do occasionally. Maybe even mm-hmm. in the spring. Yeah, exactly. Perhaps. A nice spring Perhaps. cleaning. A nice spring cleaning. Interesting. But this is different. This is a thing Jenny invented. It's called clutter cleaning. <laughs> this is Jenny's thing. Don't, this is nothing that you've right. heard of. It's totally different. It involves being very controlling over the roommate <laughs> that you recently started dating. <laughs> This is stressful. (laughs) Honestly, though, even though Jenny has become a living nightmare, 
I related a little bit to Jenny in this scene from the experience of someone being like, you need to get rid of your art supplies. Me being like, well, one day these little things are going to be valuable one day. I have so many things that people like get rid of it. And I'm like, I'm like the lesbian history archives are going to want these one day and I can't just throw them away. Oh, no, that was my favorite part of the scene. The someday a foundation will want these bits and pieces of my art supplies and art like that was so good. The rest of it was very stressful. Yeah. So then we go to Bettina's where Tina initially doesn't approve of Bet working with Kelly, mm-hmm. but then changes her mind because they need employments. Yeah, she's really stressed about the addition they're adding to the house and how they're going to have a new baby. And she's worried about her own job stability, given the just never ending series of bad decisions made by her film studio. Mm-hmm. Truly. Yep. I sense the hesitation, though. And toward the end, I, I feel like she she's thinking she might be getting herself into something. Like she's more quiet yeah. at the end, just more kind of thoughtful. Yeah. yeah. And Beth's like... Uh, still pretty dismissive of Tina. Like, you know, like they're both trying to grow and be better at being together this time. Mm-hmm. But like Bet is still like a little steamrollery with her. Mm-hmm. Like everything's fine. Like, of co- like, what are you talking about? No, I'm like, no, I'm not like in love with her. No, I'm like, it's a job. And then, you know, Tina's kind of like, were you going to talk to me about this? Which kind of mirrors what happens with Jenny and Shane later in the episode, which I think is mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um, this like new couple And then this kind of like long-term couple, uh, both kind of in the similar weird situation of this like control. Yeah. Yeah. Like we should discuss changes before we make them or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So we're now in Shane's bedroom. Jenny's going to clean out Shane's closet. Shane has like four shirts. Jenny has a closet full of designer clothes. I don't think either of them should get rid of anything if they don't want to. Right. First of all, she wants to get rid of a t-shirt from Wax which the legendary skate park milkshake bar hair salon wax, which we all miss so dearly parlor. Talk about something that uh, (laughs) exactly that an archive is going to want one day. She wants to get rid of the blue shirt that Shane wore in the season one press photos. Yeah, I wrote that down too. (laughs) Cause each of these outfits or shirts are tied to a different X and Jenny's referring to them as eras of Shane, which is funny because she might as well just say, this was really your like season one vibe. Yeah. And like, this was kind of your season two vibe. Wax was like a season two, three thing. Sherry yeah. Jaffe kind of is never gone. Uh, Shane doesn't want to throw out the Carmen shirts. That red shirt is so cute, though. That red I shirt remember is they so wore that cute. on the cruise. Yeah, I loved that shirt. And I also appreciated yeah. that Shane refused to get rid of it. Yes, I was really happy that she stood her ground there. I also was kind of confused because she was definitely talking about Carmen as if she had died. That's what I thought. Yeah. She's like, I need to keep these shirts in right. remembrance of her. My wife's yeah. like, did Carmen die? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> We're like, if she did, they didn't tell us. You know who did die? Dana. Do you know who Dana. we never talk about? Dana. Dana. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. This show. Today's episode is brought to you by Feels. Hey, Reese, do you experience stress, anxiety, trouble sleeping, or chronic pain at least once a week? I experience all of those things every day. Well, you're not alone. Many of us out there, especially queer folks, experience these things all the time. I personally struggle with endometriosis and anxiety and occasional insomnia, and it's a never-ending journey trying to find products that will soothe my pain. It's true. I also struggle with insomnia and anxiety and fibromyalgia, and I'm constantly searching for new products to help with pain management. 
But you know what does work? Feels. That's right. Feels is premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. It naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. I used it the other day because I couldn't sleep and it totally helped me get get my uh, tight 14 hours in. (laughs) Tight 14? It's a tight 14. I have found it to be really helpful with the pain that I experience from fibro, which happens a lot when I'm really stressed out or when I haven't slept. Um, And CBD is really great for that and feels was wonderful. You just put a few drops of feels under your tongue and you feel the difference within minutes. As someone who's tried many things for pain management, it doesn't get much easier than this. Yeah, it's like delivered to your house. I mean, that's pretty convenient. Mm -hmm. Feels also offers real human support. If you're new to CBD, Feels offers a free CBD hotline and text message support to help guide your personal experience. Finding the dosage that works for you is important and they're here to help. I have to say the most confusing thing for me personally in my journey with CBD has been trying to figure out the right dosage. So this is is very helpful. Yeah, you never really know. No. (laughs) You don't know until you try, and then sometimes it's too Yeah, and you don't want to, like, mess up. Yeah. Right. But Feels works naturally to help you feel better. There's no high hangover or addiction. So you can join us and the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every month, and you'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel at any time. Feels has us feeling our best every day, and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash to Ellen back, and you'll get 50% off your first Whoa. order with free shipping. That's half off. That's free half shipping. Off. That's F-E-A-L-S dot mm-hmm. com slash to L and back, T-O-L-A-N-D-B-A-C-K, to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash to Ellen back. Woo! And you'll get a really cute package yeah, right packaging at your door. Is super cute. And then you'll feel better. It's with super feels. cute packaging. Feel better. Get it? Get it? You guys get it? I got it. It's pretty good. That was good. Then we go to the airport and they're continuing the conversation they were having earlier where Bet is saying that Kelly is a godsend. And then Tina asks Bet, like Kit says you wanted to kill yourself. And she's like, wasn't there someone you went to kill yourself over within the past 15 years? And my first thought was, yeah, you. Yeah, that was my first thought as well. I don't know. I wouldn't have answered it that way if I were bet. <laughs> you know, it kind of alludes that something else could happen. You know, she's admitting. Yeah, it sure like, does. Didn't know. Yeah. And now she's admitting, yeah, I did want to kill myself over her. But <laughs> let's get into business with her. Don't we all? Yeah. That was kind of yeah. weird. And then like they're kissing and everything's fine. I was like, mm-hmm. oh no, you two are such a mess all the time. Mm-hmm. Ay, ay, So Shane is having lunch with Alice and Alice will not shut up talk and stop talking about Jamie. <laughs> and she says it's because like new friend and like we've all had a new friend that you get excited about, but this is definitely not that. This is clearly a crush. Yeah. And she says that Jamie is the most honest, self-sacrificing person ever. And also says... Isn't that weird, though, that we're both vegetarian? Uh, you're not a vegetarian. I have been eating so many vegetables lately. Like, extra vegetables. Which I thought was very funny. (laughs) That's not what a vegetarian is. Everybody can eat vegetables, Alice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Also, I would say that that descriptor of how she described Jamie could apply to Tasha, her girlfriend. Yeah, that's true. And she keeps forgetting she exists. Yeah. But, you know, who we can't forget about is Jenny because she shows up unexpected, which is red (laughs) alert, you know, like what? Yikes. And chastises Shane for 
smelling like smoke. She's like, oh, have you been smoking? Yeah. It's a lot, a lot of control happening here that I don't, I don't like it. I don't think Shane likes it either. Alice certainly doesn't like it. Yeah. More <laughs> good eye rolls from Alice. Mm-hmm. Then we go to Nevada to meet the pregnant teenager in her overalls who has a Canadian accent. She's a big time Canadian accent. Can we talk <laughs> about this actress for like a hot second? Um, this is Catherine Isabel, okay. who was in the very queer seeming horror film Ginger Snaps and had a role on my favorite television show, Hannibal. Uh-huh. Um, so having her on the show, was I forgot she had a small role on the show. Wow. So I was excited when she showed up. I didn't recognize her. I haven't seen either of those um, cinemas. Well, you need to get into it, Reese. You do. Okay. So this meeting is like meeting the birth mother. Birth mother has kids. So Angie gets to play with some kids. And like it's going fine. There's this very like these two are these like urbane people from the big city. And this lady is from Nevada. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. very that. It's very like the rest of America that doesn't, you know, it's very like the coastal elite thing, Mm -hmm. which is very 2009 of this show. Um, Well, first I want to say that they do all love Beverly Hills Chihuahua, which I felt was an important detail. That is actually a really important detail. And I apologize for glossing over it. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Um, and then the the mom and the stepdad show up. They ask a lot of really rude and uh, probing <laughs> questions of the couple. And Bet cannot help herself getting into a very detailed answer about gay marriage and all this stuff. And it's just very like city folk, country folk. These guys yeah. are homophobic and they are and they kick them out of the house. Okay. So great meeting. Yeah, everyone did a great job. Yeah, that, that scene made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it. The show loves presenting anyone that doesn't live in New York or LA as some sort of like country bumpkin or something. Yeah. Like the show, I think like, remember when the L word premiered and they were like making, they were kind of like playing off of sex in the city, the mm-hmm. marketing, it was like sex, same, same sex, sex in a different, different city. city. <laughs> I think that like the, I, like they're very much like we live in a city and that city is Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, just one little note for everyone who has watched Gen Q is that when um, Bet and Tina arrive in the beginning of the scene, they arrive in the driveway. There's a shot of them standing there with Angie in the driveway. Um, that shot was used in the attack ad against Bet Porter for mayor in the L word Generation Q. Whoa, Eagle Eyes Reese. Thank you. Eagle Eyes were. Good job. I forgot these, about that. Again, these are the things that are taking up space in my brain that could probably be used for better purposes. Back to Alice's kitchen. Yeah, Alice and Jamie are cooking and flirting. Yes. <laughs> and we find out that Jamie tried to be a cop also, and her comes from a whole family of cops. And service members. Yes. Military and such. Alice is like, you save more lives at your job than any cop. And I'm like, Alice, you're laying it on like a little thick. <laughs> But they also have really good chemistry. Like they, they have do. great chemistry in this scene. Yeah. Tasha has great chemistry with her too in the other scenes that we're going to see after this. But like they did a really good job casting someone that had that could play off of the both of them really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm rooting for them. I, I honestly thought they were going to kiss over. What were they? Cutting yeah. onions? Was it? Nuts? <laughs> and they were I don't even know what she was Smashing nuts or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Cookies. She was. Yeah, oh, yeah. Nuts. Yeah. Nuts. nuts. For the nut loaf. For the nut loaf. <laughs> and she kind of floats the idea of like, Alice, you should come work at the center. Mm-hmm. 
But like, we'll we'll get back to that later. Then we have another incredibly dramatic B-roll shot to tell us that it is nighttime. I love mm. that the first half of this episode, we could not tell what is going on in the time of day. And now we have a the sun has risen clip and now the sun has set clip. So mm-hmm. we're now we're at Porter Peabody's Pleasure Palace. A.K.A. Hit Club. A.K.A. Hit Club, where Sunset is asking Kit about what put her off men. Um, it seems like Sunset still thinks that Kit is dating Helena. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is where we're about to go into um, scenes of virtually no lighting at all. And it starts <laughs> here. And it is terrible. The lighting is terrible on people of all skin tones in this episode, but... It is incredibly egregious in these club scenes how horribly lit all the black actors are. Yeah. We'll see it here and we'll see it in the scene with Tom. I'm sure will. But first. First we go back to Alice's. And Helena's here. Yeah. And I felt like this was a very accurate LA conversation where people have very strong feelings about how they feel about going hiking in Runyon Canyon. Correct. Yeah. Everyone has an opinion about it here. Yeah. It's definitely an opinion to have. Jamie loves it. Helena hates it. How are they ever going to date? How are they going to date? Look at this odd couple. Yeah. Yeah. There really was no suspense for the rest of the the show. (laughs) We know they're not going to work out. They just cut right to it. Yeah. Just like everything we know about them as characters, even Uh before they get in a room together, we know it's not going to work. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Back to Hit Club, where... Tom is talking to some guy at the bar because it's, bo- it's boys night at Hit Club. Boys um, night. Which I love this world where there's just one boys night and every other night is girls night and it's in business, you know? I, I not, wish that would was... not sustain as a business <laughs> in real life. But I wish it, I wish it would. That'd be great. Yeah. And then Max comes up and is like, what are you doing? And Tom's like, he's just being friendly and that's what guys do. But I don't know about that. Like I was hot. I mean, I think he was... <laughs> The lighting was so terrible on him. I could not yeah. see him at all. He seemed hot. Yeah. But, you know, Max has come dressed to club in a plaid button up <laughs> shirt. Um, he's ready to have a night out, obviously. Um, in 2008, we were wearing plaid at the club. OK, okay first of all. Fair. All right. Fine. Come on. I believe you. But also he's dressed so differently than Tom. Tom's in that like V neck muscle deep tee. V. Deep. Isn't deep he in that v? Deep v? The deepest V? <laughs> Or was that the earlier? Deepest v. The green oh, one. Oh, no, I think he... Hmm, shit. Now I can't remember which scene was the deep V. And this was definitely muscly, though. Yeah. It was tight. No, it was a deep V. Because when they get back this in the deep yeah, V, okay. disrobes, you can see the deep V. Yeah. <laughs> the green. It was green. Deep Vs were having such a moment in the they early were. 2000s. Yeah. I had several. So Kit has a moment with Max that's I thought was sweet. Yeah. She's like, look, it's just a few more months. Like, you, you, you're going to get through it. He seemed really like he needed to hear that, which I thought mm-hmm. was good. I liked that little brief moment. Mm-hmm. And then I, there's this hilarious shot. Max and Kit talking. They cut away. And Tom is like sullenly sulking <laughs> against a pillar in the yeah. middle of the dance floor. I love that shot. That killed me. That was so <laughs> unintentionally funny. Or maybe intentionally funny. Rose Trochet did direct this. And she's really funny. <laughs> But, I think um, it was unintentional. I also thought it was unintentional. And then Max is like, I'm just scared because he has all these hormones going through his body and he feels things so intensely and it makes him feel nuts. Which is oh, Max. probably a lot compared to Tom, who doesn't seem to have any feelings. Yeah. At all. Then we go back to Alice's where they have shifted the focus. 
of they've had the nut loaf and now it's time to look at memories <laughs> at childhood memories. Alice has a photo album of herself as a young child in her apartment and they're looking at it. And I wish they had given us like a wide cutaway because the threesome is sitting on the couch and Helen is just like awkwardly standing by. Them. Yeah, she's yeah. not even present. Like you don't even see her. And then in a yeah. later scene, she's there just kind of hovering. I was like, yeah, that's, that's yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. she's like binge drinking in the background, which fair. There's definitely a moment earlier in the episode where they focused very heavily on Helena pouring herself a drink at the bar. And I wonder, they really want us to know that Helena's drinking. Right. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's a thing. Yeah. Um, Tasha says she wants two or three kids. Jamie wants kids. And then Helena, it, it's brought up that Helena has kids, um, but her ex took them uh, to the south of France, as one does. Yeah. And then uh, they want to play a game. And Helena's like, you know what? I really have to get to work. It's boys night. I got I got to go to boys night. It's so busy. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, you need to get out of there. Like, get out of there, Helena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's just so awkward. The whole thing was very awkward. And she clearly did not like the nut loaf. No. Oh, oh yeah. She hated the nut loaf. Yeah. She hated it. She basically implied that she was going to get something to eat when she left, too. <laughs> yeah. Which she kind of, like, stopped herself. But, like, all of us who have been to anything where someone serves something that you don't like. Yeah. No. And I'm like, I got to go to Wendy's. I'm going to leave and immediately go eat something else. Yeah. Oh, right. I, one thing I also liked about this was when Tasha was like, I'm not playing a word game with you, with you both, because yes. that happens to me a lot where people are like, I'm not playing a word game with you or I'm not playing a trivia game with you. We're going to play something like less. Monopoly. Yeah, like Monopoly. <laughs> and I'm like, Ugh, fine, I was going to crush all of you, but sure. Anytime someone suggests playing Monopoly, I always am immediately suspect of them because it is impossible <laughs> to finish a game of Monopoly quickly. Like that game takes hours, hours out of your life. So anytime anyone suggests Monopoly, I'm immediately like, what's wrong with you? Why are you suggesting that? There's so much sexual tension, though, that I think so if anything's going to make an endless game of Monopoly entertaining, it's going to be the sexual tension that's like soaking the room that's like coming out into Alice's apartment that they're all drowning in this intense. Yeah. Sexual it's tension. super intense. They should play Twister. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes, just get perfect. it over with. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. Oh, that yeah. would have been a funny scene, too. Yeah, that would have sped this up real fast. <laughs> yeah, let's just get down to business. Get to it. So, you know, when Tasha ripped up Dylan's <laughs> hilarious business card and Helena clearly took it. Yeah. Um, I She's guess Dylan put her tell. home address on her do-ask, do-tell <laughs> business card. Okay. Sure. I don't even put my phone number on my business card. I don't want anyone to call me. I forgive my Same. email. It's just my name and my email and my job. That's it. Yeah, I at one point I had my phone number and my email signature and then I was like one person called me once and I immediately <laughs> took it out and it hasn't been in my email signature for literally a decade. That's how I was immediately like, <gasps> right. And I was like, never again. <laughs> someone used it. Yeah, personal. put it there for someone to use it. To Come use. on, you guys. It's just in the template. I thought it was just a thing we did. Yeah, okay, no. so um, again, I did somewhat relate to Helena in this scene in which she drives to Dylan's house and ask her to dinner because sometimes like you're trying to date and you try to date someone and then you're like, well, maybe my ex wasn't that bad. And then you want to go and ask your ex to dinner. But also her ex ruined her life. This is also, again, just pitch black, like <laughs> yeah. just like a, a one light on a house. And that's like yeah. pretty much the lighting in the scene. Yeah. So we go back to Shenny's. 
And Jenny's got this cool surprise for Shane, which is that without telling Shane first, she fully converted Shane's bedroom into Jenny's office. Yikes. That's bananas. That is a lot. And then Shane. Are you testing me? Is that what this is about? Are huh? you, are you, are you, I mean, are, are, are you, are you putting on the crazy Jenny show just to see how far you can push it with me? Is that what this is? Yeah. That was really funny. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Cause also, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like what she's been doing the whole episode, whether mm-hmm. intentional or not. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. I love that she thought Shane would be excited for Jenny to have an office. <laughs> it's not even like she made Shane an office. Right. Like Shane would be so excited for Jenny to have an office that it would overcome any Shane's feelings about losing her entire bedroom. Like any private space she had uh-huh. in her house. Right. But then Jenny's reaction to Shane is so like manipulative and insane yeah. that Shane eventually like caves. Yeah. This whole thing is just really weird and annoying. This is not how I imagined Shane and Jenny in my head when I wrote their love story in my own head in 2008. You know, at the end there, it's it's almost like she's hiding a knife behind her back. I kind of got like the hand that rocks the cradle kind of vibe. Like, do you love me? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. She did this like demented head. Yeah, exactly. She did this little. Yeah, she did the head turn and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The head tilt. Oh my God. Yeah. There was a little horror movie vibe. And like her, had her little bit of tears in her eyes. Like she wasn't crying yet, but she was on the verge. So anything Shane could say could potentially unleash a waterfall. Like you almost would have believed that, like, if she turned away from Shane for a second, you'd see her like putting little drops in the corners of her eyes. Like, you know, like if she was some sort of like femme fatale in a dramatic film. Yes. Yeah. This is very manipulative. I'm very concerned about the both of them. Yeah. It would have been funnier if she'd done it to the bathroom. She'd been like, close your eyes, come in. And then Jenny had turned the bathroom into her office. And then Shane would be like, where are we going to pee? And she'll be like, in the backyard. And then Shane would be like, that's a little crazy. <laughs> she has like a lap desk in your room, for the in toilet. Your room. Get a chamber pot. <laughs> come on. Get it together. Um, Jenny has a lot of great interior design ideas. <laughs> yeah, she does. She's, she's an interior designer. We all have our paths in life. Jenny thought she was a writer. We all know she's a terrible writer. Now she's exploring a new career in home decor, you know, and that is growth. Great. Really, really excited for this path that she's on. Back to Alice's where they're bitching about fundraising dinners and how annoying fundraising dinners are. So they're like in the kitchen cleaning up. We find out Alice used to be an act up. Yeah. Why did they never tell us that before? That's so interesting and cool. I know. And she talks about they did a dance marathon And Jamie thinks that that would be a really cool idea as a fundraiser for the center. I agree. And I I also agree. (laughs) Um, And then somehow Alice has been roped into being uh, an event chair for for the LA LGBTQ. Oh, my God. LA LGBT center. Yeah. She's sus. I guess Alice lost her job. Yes. She. Yeah. Tasha says that she's unemployed. We saw what happened um, at the talk. Right. Is that the t- what the show is called? No. The chat? What the, the fuck look. is her show called? The, the look. look. The talk, the chat, yeah. the look. Great. Yeah. Doing great. Carly knows what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, she got super duper fired from that. Jamie hugs them both in that, you know, hug kind of way. This kitchen is full of tension. I think that they should open their minds to the idea that they should be a throuple. Mm-hmm. And I think it's realistic that... 
another person would remind them what they love about each other, remind them what they love about themselves and bring them even closer Mm -hmm. together. In theory, they could be closer together naked or Mm -hmm. as a relationship. And I think it would work really well and it would be very progressive. That would be great. I kept waiting for something to happen in this kitchen. Yeah. Also, I love Jamie as a character. I know. It's a bummer we only get her for like half of a season of like she should have been part of the cast way sooner. Yeah. She's great. Um, And Tasha is like more animated, you know, like Tasha is laughing Mm. more. Tasha seems like she's in a much better mood than she's been in a while. She's like Jamie's presence is bringing out like good stuff in both of them. And like I said before, she has such good chemistry. Like the actors, the three actors have great chemistry. Yeah. I noticed that Tasha's laugh is is really authentic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like as the actress. And her smile just lights up a like room. It's legit. Yeah. 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 That's my favorite part. Well, I like, I mean, I her cheekbones obviously are, a, a, I'm a fan of the cheekbones. And then they'd say the laugh is number two. Back to Porter Peabody's Pleasure Palace, where we get a little trip into the mind of Kit Porter and all of her sexual fantasies which I am just so pleased involve Gelson's market. <laughs> I was waiting for you to bring up Gelson's. Her fantasy oh. is shopping at Gelson's for groceries when this straight up brother comes up to me. Okay. No bling, no attitude. And he says to me, you are one beautiful woman. And I would just love to wake up with your arms and legs wrapped around me. Mm-hmm. Is Gelson's just in L.A.? I have no idea. Maybe. Just talking about L.A. supermarket chains. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they'd given us that sequence, though. You know, like a little fuzzy scene in the grocery store of like yeah. Kit walking with a basket, you know, with, mm-hmm. I don't know, pomegranates. A baguette. A baguette. <laughs> Yeah. The baguette sticking out of the basket. Yeah, they totally should have done a scene. I agree. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She bends oh, over to pick up great. some string cheese and then she turns around and there's her, <laughs> the man of her dreams, you know? And she's like, oh, do I poke you with my baguette? And then they start flirting <laughs> and then they get married and then they have children. And do they uh, get married at a Gelson's? Do you yes. think? Uh huh. Catering in house. Yeah. Everyone gets to eat like yeah. little little uh, plastic containers of tuna salad. That's delicious. Okay. Back to the tool shed. Also, I just have a quick question. (laughs) Why is Max still living in a tool shed? Where does Tom live? Why would they choose to be in Jenny's tool shed instead of wherever Tom lives? And I know it's because the show doesn't want to give any more thought to either of these characters, clearly to develop either of them in any way and to spend money on another location. But like they're in... A tool shed. I had no idea. I thought they were in the Ozarks. Like, it just looks <laughs> dark. And it definitely looks like a completely it, different right? place. Yeah. 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 This is the tool shed that Jenny lived in, moved into after her and Tim broke up. Then when Tim left, she moved into the house. And then when her and Max broke up. So it's sort of like it's where you go when you break up with someone who lives in the big house. But then Max, now it's been about two or three years and Max is still in the tool shed, which as far as I know, does not have its actually, I do know because it is addressed in season one does not have its own bathroom. It does not, which is probably really great for a pregnant person to live in a tool shed with no bathroom. Yeah. Where does Max go to the bathroom in the night when you're pregnant? You have to pee like all throughout the night, like every hour. Yeah. Is he, going he has to go into the main the house. Shed? 
Or yeah, behind the shed. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the idea is that he would have to go into the house every time he has to pee. That's no way to treat a pregnant man. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so Max is like, what's wrong? Why are you why are you mad at me? And Tom's like, I'm just tired. And he says it's getting old. Max putting himself down all the time. And it just seems like Tom is over it. And I feel like the show seems sort of ambivalent about it, but it's also like Tom did get Max pregnant. Like he's part of this decision, even though it wasn't a decision, like he's part of it. But it seems like he's sort of like waffling on whether or not he's wants to be a part of it or not. You know what I mean? Because he could just disappear. And as long as he could live with himself, he wouldn't have to be a part of it. And that's shitty. Yeah. Um, then they show Max taking all of his clothes off. They show like him just undressing. The show is so obsessed with Max, Max's body in a way that is just like so terrible, like just so dehumanizing. It yeah. is. I mean, showing him shirtless and then kind of flopping out like he can't even walk right. You know, he's yeah. just wearing a T-shirt and then, you know, there's the circles again. And it's such a yeah. sad ending. It's like I felt terrible. Yeah. This show is like at every turn, it's always the decision is always like, what can we do here to make Max feel horrible in his body mm -hmm. and show the audience that? And it sucks. It just sucks. Mm -hmm. I think he gets in bed and I think there's like spooning and cuddling. But and like maybe there's an expression on Tom's face that we're supposed to know what's coming. But like I could not tell you because it was so pitch black dark <laughs> that I couldn't see a goddamn thing. Well, right. at first I thought they were facing each other. And they were going to have yeah. relations. But then I think that Tom's yeah. back was to him. And I think it was just yeah, Max I think being so. needy. And then Tom is just like, you know, going to bed. Like, yeah. yeah. Right. And, it, you know, it would be nice to see them have relations. Because I don't feel like we get to see them be affectionate or loving. Because, like, mostly when they portray Max's body, it's Max looking at his own body and being upset about it. Yeah. But they don't really ever show him getting to, like, use his body in a way that he's not upset about, you know? Like, him and Tom had one like 10 second sex scene in episode 509 and that's it. I think that's the only time we've ever yeah. even seen them kiss. We never have scenes where there's any like external affirmation like from someone else to Max about his body. And like we were talking about this earlier in the season about like the, how like Tom and Max were talking about their relationship and how all these the conversations they've had about their relationship and about their lives that we've never seen on screen. And it's like the show only wants us to see their relationship when it's traumatic and not... Yeah when they're happy mm -hmm. and it's just such a shame well, tom did yeah. mention that um other guys in the bar were checking him out which yeah I that thought, was cute i remember I that that was that cute was, yeah that was cute but we didn't see it and like you know right i'm, I'm just speaking from experience i didn't get that comment yeah. when i was pregnant and i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> alas well you know alas alas <laughs> i'll just be jealous yeah. Yeah. I mean, where you should have gone to hit club. I know. Yeah. That's, that's, if you had gone to boys night at hit club. Yeah. Yeah. Different story. If you had got, taken your wife to boys night at hit club. Even pregnant, you think? I mean, I've never been to boys night at hit club. But I have been in gay male spaces and I think they would probably be less than welcoming to a pregnant <laughs> man. Just a, just a hunch. Probably. Knowing the cis gay male culture and spaces. Well, so Max says, um, I, I'm thinking that they're just trying to figure out if I'm fat, you know, like I got a beer belly right. or I'm pregnant. 
yeah. which uh, I think that's what a lot of guys would think if if you were a pregnant man yeah. going into a, a gay male bar. They, I think the first yeah. suspect would be yeah, you're, the first... you're, you're, you're overweight, but, you know, yeah. being right. that there are more and more pregnant men these days, you know, they, yeah. may, they may question. Right. I also think it would be very different like now than it would have been in 2008, 2009, being right. a pregnant man in a club. I'd have to assume yeah. that there, yeah. there's more awareness and visibility of like you're right. saying. Well, yeah. I mean, you were the entirety of the awareness and visibility, and visibility right. in 2009. <laughs> it was just you. Yeah. Well, if anything, yeah. I don't think anyone pregnant should be in a club. So maybe, maybe yeah. it looks right. You know what? Fair. <laughs> what do you do here? Yeah. <laughs> like, shouldn't you be yeah. resting or like yeah. at home? Why don't you go like read a book or chill yeah. out? Yeah. I don't want to be in a club not pregnant. Although I do now just because I've been in my house for a year. But, you know, yeah. before that, I was very like, oh, I just want to go home and read a book. Yeah. Right. So, Bet and Tina are in their little hotel in Nevada for the night. Yeah. And Angie's wearing headphones so they can have some mama bee, mama tea, real talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Basically, it seems like Bet thinks that Marcy is stupid and is like, maybe we dodged a bullet because yeah. obviously our kids would yeah. be dumb. That's how it read to me. Yeah. There's a lot of like that energy with what Bet's saying. We know Bet's kind of a snob, so it's not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> But also, I think she's trying to make herself feel better about a situation that she feels really bad about. Yes. Yes. And Tina's trying to be comforting. You know, she's like, don't be discouraged. There's what we're going to find another another, you know, baby out there in the world. Bet says that she's stunned by the ignorance that she encountered today, which I think um, were we really stunned by that type of ignorance in 2009? I don't think so. No, (laughs) that felt pretty, uh, you know, not entirely uh, out of left field. No, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. No. In fact, Tina says, Welcome to the rest of America. Right. But I mean, even in New York, there was still like a lot of, yeah. you know, and I'm sure in LA too, but. Yeah. And she looked really cute in the background of the scene. She had her headphones on. She was like, I'm doing my own thing. Please don't bother me. And I was like, good for you. These two yeah. must be exhausting to listen to all the time. <laughs> But you know what? Marcy's actually a secret genius because she found their motel and their motel room and is yep. there knocking on the door to um, let them know that it is her body, her choice, and she wants her baby to be raised by these hot lesbian moms. She does. She says she, she likes them more than all the other couples she's met with. And she mentions that the baby is a boy. Yeah. Gender reveal. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, we'll see. Um, I think you let him choose. Yeah. Um, but Bet also, right before Marcy gets there, says that she's having second thoughts about the entirety, the, the whole adoption idea, like having another baby right now. Like she's right. like, everything is so up in the air with like our jobs and our lives and whatever. Um, and then, you know, Marcy shows up and is like, I am giving you my baby. It's going to be great. You're going to raise this boy gonna have lesbian moms he's gonna be so cool um <laughs> could be the coolest the coolest little like boy so cool yeah i thought the actress um but i thought her reaction was was pretty good like you could see the emotion yeah. in her eyes i don't know what it was like realizing that it's gonna be a quote-unquote boy and she can picture it yeah but it, it's yeah it's, you know i could feel happiness for them yeah mm-hmm. She did a good job. 
Yeah. Especially because she was like, I'm having second thoughts like three minutes before that girl walked in. Yeah. And, and so that was, some, yeah. again, some excellent Jennifer Beals yeah. acting. And going some on here. excellent Marcy acting. Like she really, I thought, honestly, yeah, everyone, everyone in that scene was being a really good actor. I teared up. It was really well done. And I don't, but I mean, I'm prone to tear up often in the show for some reason, but I was like, I was like really <laughs> excited for them. It's like a reaction when they start to tear up. I just accidentally also tear up. I don't know. <laughs> then we get a little smooth jazz. Just some. Yeah, we do. And then we get a little close up of Bette's um, eyelashes. <laughs> I liked how this was shot. It's very different for the show, but <laughs> uh-huh. I appreciated. I appreciated it. And then I guess, is that all? Well, Bette says she tells Tina that she is happy and that it was a momentary thing, like her having second thoughts about the adoption. Yeah. Um, and I have to wonder if she's saying that not just for Tina's benefit, but for her own to kind of convince herself um, that she's happy with this going forward. I think so, too. Yeah. You know what's a little weird, though, is that also um, there's actually someone who doesn't didn't want to be pregnant or have a child already in their lives in LA. And that's like never oh. brought up as a idea, you know? Well, that would require the writers having Max be like part of the group and yeah. he never gets to be in scenes with the group. Right. Yeah. Interesting that there's these sort of dual pregnancy storylines and not a single character on the show is making any connection there. Yeah. It is really interesting. Then we go back to Max's tool shed where he wakes up and Tom has completely just moved out. I guess. So were they both living in the tool shed? I just don't understand what's going on. Also, they show like Max open that closet door. And I think what you're supposed to see is that like half of it is empty. I'm assuming like Tom yeah. took all the stuff. But again, the lighting does not even allow <laughs> for thought, that to happen. I thought it was completely empty. But like, where's Max's stuff? I mean, I'm just... <laughs> he just has two shirts. <laughs> it's two, two plaid, plaid shirts that yeah. he wears to the club. Yeah, yeah two plaid shirts. <laughs> and a white undershirt for and the a binder. Club. Exactly. Yeah. A white yeah. undershirt and a binder. That's it. Yeah. That's all he has. And again, like what, what Thomas was saying about the last scene with Max, about yeah. how he's just sort of like portrayed as this kind of like sad, like the physicality is so sad and the way the camera is like treating him is so sad. Like it's yeah. just so... All, like this whole scene is like... You know, him and then like Tom left the door open. What even is that? <laughs> Who does that? Yeah. If you're going to walk out on somebody, close the door. <laughs> like what time of year is it? Is it? Chi- I mean, like even in the even when it's warm out, it gets chilly at night. I mean, what is going on? This is just this is wild. And so that's how it ends with Max just standing yeah. there like, wow, now I'm alone and pregnant and Ugh, unhappy. Max. And it's heartbreaking. Right. And it is, I think, also sad because it was inspired by your story, but you were happy to be pregnant. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it was it was like anti my story. <laughs> it's like right. The opposite. Yeah. yeah. You know, I fought really hard to get pregnant, you know, and yeah. it's not like I had an accident. I mean, it would have been cool if I accidentally got pregnant with my wife, but it didn't happen right. that way. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, right. I had to spend it was a very lot of intentional. Money and, you know, it was a big investment mm-hmm. yeah. in time and, and just emotions and everything. And I mean, yeah. 
I can't even imagine, like, Max didn't even want the baby. He tried to get rid of it in the beginning, but he was too far along. Right. It's like, I can't even yeah. sympathize. So I'm not, I'm not a, a Max mm-hmm. lover um, at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting that they saw that story and they were like, oh, that's interesting. Let's do something like that, except with a completely different emotional landscape. And like, let's change literally everything about it besides that one. Well, yeah, I think they wanted thing. the visuals because... You know, right. I was in the tabloids, right? I mean, the ta- I didn't yeah. choose to be in the tabloids. The tabloids put me there, <laughs> you know, because right. it was something you couldn't right. look away from. It's uh, they, I felt like the writers they they caught wind of my story, you know, like a lot of people did, and they wanted to incorporate it being current and hip, and they yeah. just didn't really do their research. <laughs> no, Mm-mm. yeah. Right. It felt like it was completely like we want to like have a body like that on our show, but not like Mm -hmm. let's not look into it at any other way. Like I don't even feel like they looked into it medically of like how this would be happening for Max Mm -hmm. at all either. Because it was also interesting because they had it like he didn't know that he was four months along pregnant, even though he was like watching the development of like his muscles and stuff because he had been working out all the time. But that somehow this came as a complete surprise to him that he was already four months pregnant. Well, Max, Max is rather thin. So I feel like yeah. that's not realistic at all. I mm-hmm. could tell after about eight weeks when, you know, the first yeah. month you don't even, you see nothing at all. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I had to go off of my testosterone. Um, it took me about a year and a half. Uh, oh, wow. In order to get pregnant. So that's kind of strange that he'd been on for three years and, and then got pregnant so right. easily. Yeah. And maintained yeah. the beard that they glued onto his face every day in the, <laughs> the trailer, which is new for the season. Yeah, he does not. This new, this is this like full, like over the top beard is a season six edition. Yeah. Well, I, I do relate in that aspect because when I was pregnant, I felt like um, my beard got longer, you know? Really? Yeah, because I I was really into, you know, identifying as male and then growing it out. However, when you do get pregnant, you've got other hormones competing with the testosterone. And, you know, for me, I I didn't have, I had been off of the testosterone for a year and a half, but the facial hair just doesn't come in the way you want it to. And, uh, yeah. In retrospect, I probably should have shaved it. Or you could have just gotten whatever they did to Max. Exactly. I could have done that. Just glued it on. Glue. Just glue. (laughs) It was just glue. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And also he needs a haircut really bad. Like his hair is just, his his hair is too long. Um, They just like don't care. The the people that make the show just don't care about this character. And it's so upsetting. Yeah. Anyway, definitely a sad ending. And I don't remember because I only... I hated this season so much. So unlike all the other seasons, which I've watched a million times, I've only seen this season whenever I originally had to watch it. So I don't even, I don't remember what happens after this with Tom, but like, it's just such a sad, it's a sad way to end. And it's also interesting because they contrast it. Like they have Bed and Tina thinking they're not going to get to adopt a child and then finding mm-hmm. out, oh, they are going to be able to adopt the child. And then you go straight from that to this. And it's just like this sort of yeah. jarring of like, these are the characters that like, the writer it feels like the writers are rooting for and these are and this is the character doesn't feel like they're rooting for like at very all. clearly yeah. yeah and that's Ugh. the episode talkie, talkie, talkie. 
So did we like the episode? <laughs> I give it an A. I'm kidding. I really don't like this episode. I didn't like it either. Yeah. No, on a scale from one to 10, I would say probably about a two. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe generous. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I liked. I liked um, I liked Bet saying that, no, she was going to be her partner in the business. She was not going to work for Kelly. Mm-hmm. I liked all the Jamie, Tasha, Tasha and Alice stuff. Right. Yes. I liked the nut loaf. The repeated references to the nut loaf I thought were funny. Mm-hmm. I thought Angie looked really cute in the motel in her she headphones. Um, mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, I think that's it. <sighs> season six. Which was this 604? Does that mean we're halfway through season six now? Yeah, it does. Right? There's eight episodes? Yeah. Oh boy. Four left. Can you believe it, Reese? Four episodes left. I can't remember. I'm trying and to think I if there's anything else I like. You might be thinking about this for a while because <laughs> there's nothing else. Well, I liked ultimately the hope uh, for Bet and Tina having a, a child. Yeah. That was very uplifting. As much as I dislike the way uh, Max was presented, I do think that like the way Jenny reacted, you know, all the she pronouns Mm -hmm. and the way Max was treated by people around in his circle, even though it's Mm -hmm. sad at the time, and I think even now it is still pretty realistic. I think that um, people who go through like, trans men, um, male identifying who get pregnant, I think, sadly, um, they do feel alone. And it really points to the fact that they need to have more support and be, you know, respected more. Um, So even though the writers probably didn't do the best, I I think that they were reflecting what what they're seeing around them, which is what the episode showed. Yeah. And that was what the world was. That's a really good point. It's a good thing that there are people like you who have been fighting for better representation and treatment. Absolutely. And awareness. I do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think like doing stuff like this, just talking about it, I think that's just yeah. the visibility of it is is helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's so it's so important. Yeah. It's a perspective that absolutely needs to be heard by more people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thank you for bringing your perspective <laughs> to our yeah ridiculous podcast today it was so wonderful having you as a guest today thank you for being here thank you for having me thomas do you have anything you want to plug anywhere people can find you online anything you want to you want to throw out there for the listeners well um gosh i still have my my company define normal and uh you can catch me at definenormal.com i am um, relaunching a whole new line of t-shirts so that's going to be up probably by the Ooh. time this this episode broadcasts. And oh, cool. I'm a public speaker. Excellent. I do speaking across the world, really. Um, but, you know, yeah. if you've got a college or university or a corporate, you know, like a company that needs a speaker, I'm available. Uh, I'm also <laughs> an actor. So oh, hey, wow. if the uh, <laughs> L word reboot nice. wants to... <laughs> Tap into Ooh. some transgender <laughs> ideas. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm doing that as well. And also working on a awesome. um, television series called Define Normal. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's so cool. Do you want to plug any like Instagram, Twitter, anything like that? Where can people follow yeah, you? Yeah, so uh, you can see my social media links at definenormal.com. Uh, my, my Instagram handle is um, 
Thomas underscore SS10, which sounds a little like weird code, but I was on a secret story uh, in France. It's um, it's France's version of Big right. Brother. And so uh, that I, oh. I didn't even have an Instagram before I went on the show. And then they, they kind of created one for so me. So was it season 10? It was season 10. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It was a lot of fun. Good yep. job, Reese. SS10. <laughs> And then so my, um, let's see, my Twitter is uh, Thomas Secret Story 10. You know what? It's reversed. <laughs> the SS10 <laughs> is, my, is my Twitter. It's hard to remember, you know. I, I you know, I really, yeah. I rarely go on those those uh, sites very often, yeah. but I do the obligatory yeah. post, you know, once a week or so. <laughs> yeah, I like to post on Instagram once every three months or so. Yeah, it's good. Thank you so much for listening to To Ellen Back. You can find us on social media over on Instagram and Twitter. We are at To Ellen Back. You can also email us to ellenbackcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, we have a hotline. You can give us a call, leave a message. It's 971-217-6130. We've also got merch, which you can find at store.autotreadle.com. There's stickers, there's shirts, including a Bet Porter 2020 shirt which is pretty excellent. Our theme song is by B. Steadwell. Our logo is by Kara Sykes. And this podcast was produced, edited, and mixed by Lauren Klein. You can find me on social. I am at Carly Tron. Reese is at AutoWin. Autostraddle is at Autostraddle. And of course, Autostraddle.com, the reason we are all here today. Autostraddle.com. All right. And finally, it's time for our L words. This is the segment of the show where we end things by simultaneously shouting out a random L word. Usually these have little to no relevance to anything we just recapped. Okay, Reese, you ready? Okay. One, two, three. Lorax. LeBron James. (laughs) Reese, what did you say? Uh, Lorax, as in the Lorax. Dr. Seuss. Who speaks for the trees? Because the trees have no tongues. Correct. Or was it because the trees have no mouths? I don't remember. I remembered his tongues. Anyway, Thomas, what did you say? I said lesbian. Oh. Do you... Reese, have we ever <laughs> used lesbian as an L word on this show? I, I actually so. don't know that we have. It's only but the you know, I can see where that. <laughs> I know. See where the inspiration came from. Uh, mine was LeBron James uh, because I'm going to watch a Lakers game later today <laughs> from the comfort of my own couch. Wonderful. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, Thomas, thank you again for being here. Yeah, this thank was you so much. A delight. It's really you. great to have you. And no, it was fun. And. It was fun. Yeah, it was really fun. And everyone at home, thank you for listening. There are four more episodes of season six left. And as we said before, these are coming out every other week because otherwise we'd be done too soon. And really it's because of our sanity. But otherwise it would be over. It'd be over before you know it. Yeah. And then what are you going to do? Then what are you going to do? Watch the farm? Hopefully, yes. We're, we, if, anyone ha- if anyone can get somehow any footage <laughs> from that pilot... We will take it. No questions asked. Just send it to, to Ellen Backcast, right? Is that our Gmail? <laughs> I have I have I've assembled all my sides. So like I have okay, I ahead. have it I have I have enough I have like pages one through thirty-three of the script with only oh, a few pages missing in there. So oh we're we're this gonna is, get enough. We're putting it together. Yeah. We're doing it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you all for listening. Bye. 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 i
laughing, moving, fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that.